1: You've discovered your link to gopowercat.com's PowerCat podcast. Now, here's your host, gopowercat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
2: Welcome to the PowerCat Questions podcast. We're recording this on election day. And uh I promise you that during the course of this podcast, we will not ruin the results if you still don't know We won't do it. We won't reveal anything. In fact, we won't reveal anything about K-State sports. It's going to be a really lame podcast. We're just going to play this really, we're just going to sit around and talk about stuff that has no consequence. Nah, just kidding. It's Fitz, Zach, and Ryan Gilbert. Your podcast trio is we cover all of your questions from Wabash Station, and we are sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. You never go wrong when you vote for The Fridge. You don't even have to, like, go into a booth. Like, the whole fridge store is a voting booth. Just vote with your liver. Get to the fridge. Zach, how are you doing today, man? You look very casual. Doing all right. Yeah, see. Even a casual response. Yeah. Gil's house campus today. Any uh, barriers up? Any, like, potential rioting and mayhem happening on the Kansas State campus? (laughs) Not yet. Not Ah. yet. But uh, it's good. uh, How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good tired. Hear. I've been tired all week. In fact, I was tired last week. I'm just tired, guys. I need the off week. I just need the off week. And we get that next week. Although we're not really off, we we just don't have a game to cover.
3: I think all, all trips to West Virginia, a bye week should come after. Because I was very tired after a, that.
2: You know, it's funny because... That is a tiring trip, but when you stop and think about it, the only thing different about it is really you're on a plane for an extra hour or two.
3: Unless you go to Denver.
2: Oh, that was weird. <laughs> that threw me off. That, that was proof of how groggy and tired I was all last week. You texted on Friday that you just landed in Denver, and I'm like, well, Zach went to Colorado on the off week hold on i was just so out of it last week so uh how far was the flight from denver to pittsburgh three and a half
3: no it wasn't that long or i mean maybe with all the time differences and figuring that out but i don't know i think it was like a two and a half hour flight i watched a couple episodes on of some television shows on netflix and that was about that. I almost lost my AirPods on the on the flight. I actually did lose my AirPods, my brand new AirPod Pros, on the flight from Kansas City to Denver. Lost them. Pulled them out of my bag before takeoff. Two minutes later, gone. Have no clue where they are. No. But I searched, you know, on the ground. People helped me. Nothing. And then I tell the flight attendant, I'm like, "Hey, I lost these. Can you, you know, like, you just make a little report that I lost them on this plane?" She's <laughs> like. Well, there's, we got some time. We could take a look. It's like, did you check all of the seat cushions? And I only checked the ones around me. And they were between a seat cushion that I was not sitting in. But there they were, sitting there. So I saved my AirPods from being lost for forever. It
2: sounds to me like your AirPods are trying to get
3: away from you. Maybe. Are you in an and abusive like, relationship with AirPods? No, but I also... I ha- so, like, when you lose your AirPods... You like, I have, I brought my second pair, my normal AirPods that like were old, you know, that I've had for a while, uh, you know, just in case for whatever reason, but like I lost my first ones, I didn't want to pull out the back one backup ones (laughs) because then you look really presumptuous. Like, Hey, I lost my AirPods. Like, wait, you're wearing them right now. Like, no, they're different ones. So I sat on the entire flight from Denver to, or from Kansas city to Denver, just sitting there, it's in silence. Just contemplating life because i knew like i knew the optics of me pulling out a second pair of airpods would be very bad
2: (laughs) first world problems right there (laughs) by the way i'd like to put in a little ad here for the airpods of all the things i got by getting turning to the iphone finally the ipod airpod pros are absolutely incredible they're they're one of the finest inventions ever I'm, it's just incredible to have phone calls. I mean, they're even great. I'm noticing a lot of people, uh, on TV now when they're having to, you know, come in via zoom or something or whatever, they're using their AirPods and they sound great. They just have little sticks sticking out of their ears, but the pros don't have as long as sticks. They're more compact. Huh? Speaking of compact. Get into the high-low. It's not a big place, so make sure you get there early, get your table, get posted up, order some pizza, get some pepperoni bricks. We've told you about them, and enjoy the high-low staff. It's a fun place. I wonder if they're getting ready to decorate for Christmas again. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh.
3: That Probably was, not.
2: That was so cool last year. That was so well done.
3: Speaking it was. Of, but speaking
2: of well done, get into uh, Tanner's. Don't get a well-done burger, because... Don't be a communist. Is that how <coughs> communists eat their burgers? I don't know. I don't I don't know. But uh, make sure you get that Kansas City booga, as they pronounce them at Tanner's, for some unknown reason. Ron Gilbert, your family's kind of an expert in Tanner's lore. Why is it a booga?
1: You know what? I, I wish I could give you an answer. Maybe i have to get back
2: with you on that one. Mm. How, how do you stand on the calling of the chicken strips? Chicken lips.
1: Eh, you can get away with it with as good as they are, right?
2: They're pretty good. Just think, it's weird. mania. Speaking, speaking of weird, this is the Power Cat Questions podcast. We take the questions from our subscribers at Wabash Station, and we answer them for all to hear. And here to ask those questions is Ryan Gilbert.
1: Quick shout out to
2: Eschen Techs.
1: For his prediction, thirty seven to seventeen. He was close, closer than I mean, pretty much everyone was picking K State there. So shout out to Eshantex. Um, unfortunately you were very close on that on that blowout victory um for, for West
3: Virginia. But without further ado he did pick West Virginia to win? He did, yeah. Wow. Okay. Good for yeah. him. Good for him. And there you go. Ballsey. Huh. I'm gonna go to Vegas with the Ash and Tex. How's that sound? I wonder
2: if he picked Joe Jorgensen to win the election. Hmm. let's go
1: first question of the podcast from who for KSU how much did the entire defense miss AJ Parker against West Virginia
2: Zach you were there it just seemed glaring to me it was the first time I've seen someone be out this season including Skyler where I thought the team looks entirely
3: different without them and I
2: just didn't think they looked cohesive on the back end of that defense on Saturday
3: I agree I think I think what we've seen here is that you know, A.J. Parker being a cornerback to start and then moving him to nickel, he's kind of a glue guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's a guy that, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, there's been plenty of pieces on that defense that have been missing throughout the year. And but when, you know, A.J. Parker's out there, you know, it's been OK because he's been you know, he can kind of slip in wherever you need him. And without him, I think that I think it just says how good of a player. A.J. Parker is for this defense and how critical he is that he needs to be on the field to make stuff work.
2: I agree. It it was uh, noticeable, and I hope he can make it back this week. Um, I was happy to hear on Tuesday, Kleiman said he he practiced a little bit on uh, Monday, so they're hopeful to have him back even more on Wednesday when they resume practice after Election Day.
3: Hey, How do you
2: guys feel about Election Day being an off day for
3: student-athletes? Huh. I think it's good. I mean, let's some, them let some vote. Well, you know, the NFL, they're not
1: taking off days.
2: Does it really so. take that long to vote? Right. And how many are even registered in Kansas? I just found it all curious. I don't know. I'm all for it. I'm all for uh, Election Day being a holiday. I just hope people realize that means there's no postal delivery, so that kind of screws up mail-in voting. But I just – I think it's interesting that everything's kind of shut down on Tuesday during a game week at, in the football complex. I tell you this, Bill Snyder wouldn't be happy about that.
3: I think it's – I mean, since it's NCAA mandated, I mean, it's across the board. Everybody's taking a day off, so that's fair. Whether whether you think they should vote or not, at the very least, it's fair and everybody's taking the day off. Well, Nobody's I'm, getting an edge here.
2: I'm not against him voting. I'm just – I think it's <laughs> weird. I don't know. Everyone – Take the day off. I wouldn't mind taking the day off. off. I might want to take the next few days off just to to watch TV. Anyhow, let's move on with more questions from Wabash Station.
1: Next one is another one from Who4KSU. How is it that we saw more Jacartier right last year than we have this year?
2: Kleiman uh, talked about that a little bit today. Or was it Brian Anderson? Um, Just isn't. Getting it done basically in practice. I'm, I think there's a lot more at work here than they want to talk about, but, um, they could have used him on Saturday. Did he even go, Zach? Was he even on that travel team? Sorry, who is this? Is it Jakarta, you're right? The running back?
3: Uh, I don't remember looking for him specifically. Yeah, I, but... I don't know.
2: I, I just find it curious. Um, he's not getting more playing time considering they're not getting great production beyond Deuce and even Deuce on Saturday wasn't that good. So
1: next question from Anderson Blumont, if Bradley Moore is out this week, can Sammy Wheeler be an adequate replacement?
2: I don't know if Sammy's a good, as good a blocker point of attack kind of guy, but I think he is a good receiver. I think he moves well. Um, And I think you'll see them kind of combine Leonard's and, Wheeler to replace Moore. I mean, Leonard's more in the blocking role, although Nick had a catch. Um, yeah, it'll be curious to see what they do. And it'll, I'll be curious to see if Bradley Moore isn't the A.J. Parker of the offense. Strangely enough, as the glue guy, as Zach said, that kind of keeps everyone together for a transfer coming in and being this important not just in production, but in leadership, is pretty impressive and says a lot about Bradley Moore and also says a lot about the team, that they needed someone like that to step in.
3: I agree, Fitz. I think, I mean, there's a similar parallel there with Bradley Moore for the offense, and I don't know if you can do a tight end by committee in this offense. I mean, Bradley Moore is essentially the leading receiver. Whatever you want to call his title, he is the best pass catcher on the team right now. Doesn't matter where he plays. Doesn't matter where he blocks. You know, he is the best. So trying to replace that with Sammy Wheeler of all people, or even Nick Leonard's, I think it's, it's going to be tough to do. And I don't know if it's, you know, replacing Bradley more, I think it's going to be more than just replacing the position, so to speak. I think you're going to need some wide receivers to step up, you know, maybe Keon Mosey, you know, out of the backfield, same with Deuce Vaughn. You know, I think, If if you're trying to look at replacing him by committee, I think it's going to expand more than just out of the tight end position, and you might have to see some more, uh, some different strategy looks as far as who you're passing the ball to.
1: No disrespect to to Wheeler at all here, but I don't think you can really replace Bradley Moore. Like you you touched on it, Zach, he's the best pass catcher um, on the team. I think the the more you know, reasonable player to really replicate more would would have to be Nick Leonards in my mind um, just because you know wheelers not as big and bulky as Leonard's and you know Nick can do a lot of those those blocking you know things like that but I don't know not that, that Sammy can't do those things but you know I think w- when you look at just kind of the body type and how they play the game uh, I think Leonard's is more of the quote-unquote ad- adequate uh, replacement there for Bradley Moore
2: I'll be right yeah
1: Another question from Anderson Blumont. Is the offensive line finally locked in with five guys who are going to play the majority of the snaps to try to get the chemistry going?
2: I think so. I I think now that they've moved Christian Duffy to left tackle and they have Cooper Beebe back, mostly healthy at right tackle. The interior three have been pretty consistent all year. I think they've got their guys. Um, Connor Riley said at Tuesday's press conference that he's not very happy with how they played um, at – West Virginia. I don't know that anyone really played well outside of Drew Wiley on the entire team. I, it just wasn't a very good day for K State. Um the offensive line will not be great this season at any point. I they haven't they've kind of plateaued out right now, I think the last couple games. I haven't really seen them do spectacular things. Uh, but I think they do they are playing pretty good football. And um they just weren't good enough for the best front in the Big 12, which is West Virginia. Unfortunately, Oklahoma State's also pretty good up front, so this will be a big test for them. But yeah, I do think they've got a set five, and now maybe they can settle in.
3: Yeah, I think now that Leviston isn't really a, a main feature, um, I think that we've got our five guys that we're going to see, and now that Cooper Beebe's back healthy, I think that's a, a good sign going forward, and and hopefully you know, now that you know, it seems like it's set as everyone's, you know, as long as everyone's healthy, I think, you know, this is, these are the guys going forward. And I think as um, you know, if they, like I said, if they stay healthy, I think that's going to be important for them, you know, gelling as, as a group. And then, you know, they might see some difficult stuff from Oklahoma state or, you know, whoever else in the, in the future, but them being on the field together, I think is going to, you know, pay dividends in the future.
1: Next question from Ema Wildcat 82 It seems to me that Will Howard is taking something off his passes to make them more catchable. Should he just throw full speed and we get our receivers more stick
2: Well, this has been a point of um, discussion among Ryan Wallace and myself. He, he thinks he's dinged up in some way. I think he's just overthinking things and trying to steer the ball in and um, trying not to overthrow it. I mean, certainly – The screen pass, he might have put a little too much uh, zip on that hit Sebastian Taylor in the hands and bounced up and was intercepted for a touchdown. That doesn't encourage him to put zip on the ball. Uh, And probably in reality, it's somewhere in between. I think he might be a little bit dinged up, but I also think he's probably overthinking things. Uh, And, uh, you know, there's so much emphasis put on not throwing interceptions. And I think he's really worried about that. And it led to maybe him throwing some interceptions, uh, you know, it's the uh, the irony of it. Will needs to play better. But like Chris Kleiman said, everyone needed to play better at West Virginia. This wasn't a quarterback thing. Uh, and uh, I, there might be an argument to be said that he's trying to put the ball and make it very catchable for a group of wide receivers that are really struggling. Or he just might have a dinged shoulder because he's taking some hits.
3: Yeah, I think like you said Fitz it could very well be somewhere down the middle, but I I just think he's not he's still not comfortable yet. I think that you know whether he's injured or he's trying to steer stuff, I think he's just not comfortable as a starting quarterback at the, you know, at the Power 5 Big 12 level. I think that, you know, it's just going to take some more time. And I think that he deserves the benefit of the doubt a, a little bit, you know, with no spring ball. Um yes, he was here on campus, but he really didn't, you know, he he didn't get much, you know, as much training as he could have possibly had coming into this season. So I think there's a little bit of a, a learning curve there that I think he still gets the benefit of the doubt. But I know it's not basketball. But Shane Southwell always said, you know, after eight games, I know it's basketball, but after eight games, you're not a freshman anymore. So, so at some point, uh, that you know him being a freshman is going to expire. I don't know when that expiration date is. He's got some tough games ahead, but at some point. Yeah, he might still be young, but, you know, I think he's got a couple more games where if if we're still seeing these same problems, you know, he's trying to steer balls, or maybe he's dinged up a little bit. I think there might be some concern there um, and wondering what's happening. But, you know, I think it's just more of a comfortability thing. I think he's just – he needs to settle in a little bit and relax, um, you know, now that he's taken over this starting role. Not to be, you know –
1: Critical of Howard at all, because like Kleiman said that you mentioned fits the entire team just played awful on Saturday and the defense, you know, with or without Parker, they didn't have that mojo that you need to win games, you know, in the big 12. But I I talked about this briefly on my podcast that when Howard throws the ball, um, my heart kind of skips a few beats and and, you know, I I, I get nervous. Oh boy, what's he going to do? Is this going to be an interception? I didn't have that feeling with Skylar Thompson. Um, again, I'm not trying to be critical of him, but I'm just saying that, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't feel right to me just kind of watching him um, on TV. I don't know if it's an injury, if it's a confidence issue, but I think something's got to be changed moving forward um, for me to just not get so, you know, anxious when that ball leaves his hand. I didn't have that feeling with Skylar, but I definitely past couple of weeks have been feeling it with Will Howard.
2: Yeah, I completely understand that. I mean, anytime you got a new quarterback in there that hasn't really built up his confidence, I think your confidence in him kind of is uh, can waver and and I hope the team doesn't feel that way. Uh, let's let's see how the let's see what happens this weekend because I I think he'll be better. I think K State will be better. I just don't know if it's good enough to beat a pretty darn good Oklahoma State team.
1: Last question of the first half from Jay Boland, PSU. So, after the first game against Arkansas State, it seemed that the team took the loss to heart and learned from it. Do you believe that the team will, will take the same approach following last week's game?
2: I hope so. Um, I also think there, there's a degree here that one game doesn't matter to the next game. It doesn't in most seasons, and I think this season in particular. Uh, You just have bad days, and then maybe the next one's going to be a good day. Um, I think we try to turn football into uh, a novel that all 10 chapters or 12 chapters, depending on how many games you're playing in a season, all connect and make sense. It doesn't always work that way. I mean, the the team can be completely different from one week to another, and we saw that between Arkansas State, even though they are the off week before Oklahoma. It could happen again this week, although... I think the fact that they're going to go take on another good opponent might be a real challenge for this team in such short turnaround. I'm, I'm not overly worried about it. I am overly worried about the fact that I clearly on this podcast last week instructed Jay Boland to tighten up his scores and quit missing and get the exact score, <laughs> and he didn't. He, he didn't take to my coaching at all, at all. I mean, I wasn't wasn't asking for a cure for the coronavirus. I was just asking for – A perfect score from him nope didn't happen
3: I as as nice as the response was after the Arkansas State game you know going out and beating OU you know going on a four-game winning streak you know it's really great but I I feel like the West Virginia loss is different and I I feel like K-State was exposed beat I think that I don't want to say that West Virginia cracked a code because I don't really feel like K-State was too difficult to beat, but I think that, you know, the game plans out there, the road maps out there, I think it's clear that, you know, Oklahoma state and Iowa state are, are going to be some tough games and having a performance like you did against West Virginia. It wasn't a close game. Like the Arkansas state game was, K state mm-hmm. was never really in it. You know, once they go down and fail to get a touchdown and they have to kick a field goal, yeah, they took a three nothing lead, but I think that that kind of spelled how the day was going to go. You can't get it in in the red zone. I mean, so I I don't know how much you can learn from hey, you guys got other than you guys got to score when you can score, but you know it wasn't just that on Saturday. So, um, you know I, I'm hopeful that you know maybe it'll motivate them against Oklahoma State, but seeing what we saw on Saturday against West Virginia, it doesn't give me the same sort of confidence of a bounce back like they had after the Arkansas State game against Oklahoma. Agreed. Gills?
1: Piggy, yeah, piggybacking off of that a little bit, you know, K-State didn't have the the special teams touchdown and, and, and West Virginia was able to keep Deuce Vaughn in check. So they didn't have those those home run plays that they're used to seeing in the Big 12, which is not something that you can rely on week in and week out. I know the good teams, you know, they find ways to, to make those plays and win games, but you can't rely on that every game. Um, and when you don't have those plays, more pressure gets put on Will Howard and the offense. And it's kind of just a snowball effect from there where everything just kind of starts falling apart. Like we saw against West Virginia. So, you know, it all comes back together with, with next week. I, I'm not confident. I, I would love for this team to learn a lot from this, from this loss, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I think we. I'm, I'm I'm kind of agreeing with you here, Zach. We just found out that this team might not be as good as we thought. Um, they got exposed. Um, certainly, hope I'm I'm wrong on that, but but K State seems to have uh, quite a few issues here that they need to
3: rectify moving forward. And here's another thing: K State has only played one quarter of good offense in the last eight quarters. Yeah, third quarter against K. Think about the KU game. Yeah, they won in a blowout fashion. How much of that was the offense though? I mean, mostly if the third quarter was Was it for the offense. So yeah, you win 55 to 14 against KU, but there's still a lot of question marks after that game. And then you see, you know, K state fell flat essentially against, against West Virginia. There was nothing going. There's been nothing going for seven out of the last eight quarters. Um, you know, I don't know how far back you want to go to TCU or you know whatever games, but K State has not been amazing on offense, and I think we finally have seen them hit a wall of hey, we've ran out of stuff we can do. Oh yeah, by the way, Briley Moore's gone now. You know, and he's been half of our offense. So I just I think it's it's tough to expect any sort of um, you know comeback similar to earlier this season.
2: Well, if you play a team and you win the turnover battle, uh, limit explosive plays and neutralize special teams, you're going to win the game probably. And that's that's pretty much the code, as you said, for beating K-State. Just don't give them an advantage in any of those areas. And the biggest thing West Virginia did was, as Gil's pointed out, they limited special teams. They were the only team that has held – its own against K-State and special teams this season. And it showed up on the scoreboard. They couldn't – K-State couldn't get that crutch play, that big play uh, that got them going again through special teams. just didn't happen. That's it for the first half of the Power Cat Questions podcast sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. We have more of your questions on the other side of this break. And Gills will also make a bold prediction.
0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: We now send it back to the Powercat Podcast.
2: Welcome back to the Powercat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Tim Fitzgerald, Ryan Gilbert, Zach Carlson. Here answering your questions, that's what we do. And I said uh, before we went into break that Ryan Gilbert was about to make a bold prediction in the second half. Um, I'm working on like my teasers, you know, like the, the thing you say before you go to commercial. And right after this, we'll, we'll tell you where we found Elvis Presley alive and well. And then you never answer that question after the break, which happens to me all the time. Uh, Gilbert, uh, you don't have any bold predictions, do you? Wish I did, man. Wish no, I did. There's no bold prediction, but I'm glad you're back, folks. I tricked you. If that's why you came back, you're a sucker. But uh, welcome back. Segment sponsors, Tanners and the High Low. You don't have to be a sucker to go there. You're smart if you go there. Wow, that was good. Man, Whew. getting good at this stuff. More of your questions from All Bass Station. Here's Ryan Gilbert. First
1: question of the second half of the Powercat Questions podcast is from Who4KSU. Midway through, who are your K-State MVPs on offense, defense, and special teams?
2: Oh, offense, I'm going with uh, probably Bradley Moore. It'll, it'll end up being Deuce Vaughn, probably, especially Bradley's hurt. Drew Wiley on defense for me, folks. Guy has been a revelation. For a guy that played 20 snaps a game last year, now it's playing almost every snap possible, and is really good. It's it's incredible, and it got to be Philip Brooks at the midway point, is not it, for special teams? Huh. Yeah. I don't know.
3: Probably Phillip Brooks for special teams. I mean, there's no no other option. Um, or I mean, there are other options. You got Blake Lynch, but I mean, Blake Lynch has been pretty nails, and that's what you expect out of your kicker. Um defense i'd call drew wiley the most improved player for sure i don't know if i'd call him the most valuable i'd probably call aj parker most valuable just based on what i, I said earlier in the podcast just kind of being that glue guy offense kind of with you on briley moore but like you said probably going to be deuce Vaughn at the end of the year but i mean i don't know how long Bradley Moore's is going to be out for but you know i think just Bradley Moore being able to come in and be the leader that he's been and being the performer that he's been, um, I think that that's you know, it's, it's, I think it's been irreplaceable, and we'll see how replaceable it is come Saturday.
1: I I think Deuce Vaughn is 100% my offensive MVP. I know you guys disagree, but they, I mean, you go back to some of those games, like the Oklahoma game. They just, you know, that's probably not a win without Deuce Vaughn on the team. Um I, I Phil Brooks and, and Wiley, I'm with you guys on, on special teams and defense, but I'm gonna go with Deuce on the offensive side of the football. Okay. Next question. Oops. Next question from 3G Wildcat. Up to this point of the season, what are your biggest surprises and what are your biggest disappointments?
2: Um, my disappointments are receivers. I thought the receivers were gonna be good. Uh one guy left, another guy's injured. Another guy can't catch a cold. Um, Yeah, it's
3: just been (laughs) awful. Can't catch COVID. Can't can't catch COVID.
2: (laughs) My goodness. Uh, It's just been awful. Uh, My biggest surprise, that's a good question, probably the cornerbacks. Uh, KC has been looking for a couple long corners that can hold up in man coverage for a long time. And lo and behold, they found him on their roster. I, mean, I understand that Gardner was recruited to do that. But, boy, just it's been incredible. I mean, he's not perfect. He's not awesome. But those two corners have been pretty darn salty all year. They had a little letdown at West Virginia like everyone else. But they have allowed K-State to do things defensively that, uh, honestly, K-State hadn't been able to do in a while.
3: I agree with you on cornerbacks, but for the sake of picking a different answer, I'll say Deuce Vaughn. I don't think anybody saw Deuce Vaughn coming in as a true freshman and just lighting it up like he has. Um, I mean, I know the comparis- comparisons to Darren Sproles have been there, but I mean, when was the last time you, you saw a running back, you know, play so early and be so critical to the team? Um, I mean, I think it's, it's really cool to see, you know, how good he is and, you know, you're going to get this for at least another three years, provided he doesn't leave for the draft early, but, you know, at least three years. And, hey, this season doesn't really count, so he could be back for four more years. So, uh, you know, really big surprise for him. I think disappointments, like you said, wide receivers, I don't think there's any any other place on the field that you can look at. You know, maybe running back depth a little bit, you know, but, um, you know, you still got Deuce, you still got Harry. Um, you might be, you know, with how they've done the committee running back by committee, maybe he'd like, you know, one other running back to step up a little bit, whether it's Jakartia Wright, finally getting some playing time, whether it's Tyler Burns, you know, whoever else. Um, but yeah, wide receivers, they, like you said, can't catch a cold, can't catch COVID. It's been tough. It's been tough.
1: K state's defense has been it's been good. So, you know, don't get me wrong on that. But some of the guys in the front seven, um, I think White Hubert is I don't want to say he's been a disappointment. That's really not a good word to describe him, but he's he hasn't lived up to his expectations, I think, coming into the year. Um, you know, maybe a guy like Justin Hughes, throw his name out there. They could be doing maybe a little bit more um, for this team, but obviously the wideouts have been, you know, very disappointing with Knowles and Youngblood. Um, and and, and people like that. But with offense, as there's a – I think they're coming for you, Fitz, or Zach, whoever that is. Um, I know. (laughs) It's Fitz. Uh, They got you. They finally found you. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, 100%, has been the biggest surprise for this team, though. Hmm. Next question from 3G Wildcat. Beyond wins and losses, what goals would you like to see the team meet over the final four games of the regular season?
2: Hmm. I just want them to get better. I mean – I. Look, I would like – if they lose this weekend and they've got two games down and then they lose at Iowa State and they're 4-3 and all of a sudden, just go young. Just play, guys. I mean, this season's literally meaningless. Now, would I like like them to get at least five Big 12 wins? Yeah, I would. But, I mean, the more experience you can get these young guys, the better. Uh, I mean, this is just a free season, basically. It doesn't count for much of anything. Just try to play the long game here and see what makes you best for next year and 2022 and on down the road. You know, I'm fine even if Skyler, you know, at some point if Skyler was able to come back, just stick with Will Howard. Just keep playing the long game here. Um, Figure out how you're going to be a better team for 2021 and do that, whatever that is.
3: I think, you know, if the losses are going to come, I mean, if, if it's, you know, if it's Oklahoma state, Iowa state, if those games get kind of out of hand, I think I'd still like to see Will Howard out on the field for as long as possible. Um, You know, as long as you're going to keep him healthy and he isn't, you know, taking hits, you know, by that point in the game, if it's out of hand, I don't think that that either team is going to try being dirty and trying to take out a, a young quarterback, but you know i just want to see him out on the field getting experience you know if if you're not winning games you know he just he needs to be out there the, the wide receivers need to be out there too trying to make catches so um i think that's that's really all all i'd want to see you know this season is so weird everybody's going to be able to get their eligibility you know retain eligibility for what they were going to have this year so i I think that's, that's all you can hope for and wish for, I think, is just get good playing time, get good experience, understand that, Hey, if you're not going to win these next couple games, you know, just kind of pack it in get to a bowl game. That's, you know, in Texas, you know, whatever. Um, And just, you know, hope you can win that and and build off of that. Because I think, I think what the season has shown already is this team can be good, but there's still a lot of parts that need improvement. And the only, and if you're not going to win those games, you know, the way to improve is just, you know, sticking with it, staying out there and and hoping that your guy for the future can get better come next year.
1: I don't know what tangible goals I would have, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you here with Will Howard. Um, we don't know who, you know, two or three years from now, who the quarterback is going to be, if it's, if it's going to be him or Rubley, but in my mind, based on, the way and I get it. He's young. I get that. But the way he's played the past couple of games, I don't see how it, you could be comfortable with him being the quarterback moving forward. So this is, I mean, really his chance to prove, like you talked about the young guys getting in there and playing. Um, this is his chance to prove that, Hey, I'm the guy. Um, I'm good enough to compete in the big 12 because so far I, he's, he's really not performed that well. So um, that's kind of, I guess the goal, so to speak here for this team, um, other than wins and losses, I mean, obviously go out and compete, give your young guys minutes, but Will Halbert's definitely going to have to, um, do, do better and accomplish whatever goals he may have. Who knows what that is, but, uh, he's got to be better.
2: Uh, well said. Yep.
1: Next question is from who for KSU rank the remaining big 12 schedules for each team that could make it to Arlington. From easiest path to hardest path.
2: Hold on. I, I gotta rank schedules? Nobody's talked about ranking schedules. <laughs> oh, I gotta pull them up. I
3: gotta pull up a grid. I know. Exactly, exactly.
2: I'll say this. I think Oklahoma State, I mean they've got Kansas State and Oklahoma left. So I think Iowa State's probably in the best situation here. Um, I mean they've only got Kansas State and it's in Ames. So I mean I think that I think that both they got Texas, but I'm not a Texas believer still, guys. I'm just not. Um but that will be huge. That's the week after K State. That's on a Friday, isn't it? That's Black a
3: Black Friday. I a, wish I wish K State would play a Black Friday game, man. The Big Twelve should make that a whole day. Not not what the question was, but I wish that the Big Twelve would just take that Friday and say, Hey, that's gonna be our day.
2: So, um, Oklahoma State at K State, off week at OU, uh, play host to Tech, and then go to TCU and Baylor. Are you kidding me? They have four out of five on the road. Whoa! That that's got that that has to be an error. There's got to be an error. No, no, that's
3: right. That's, no, it's right. It's right because the Baylor game's a makeup. So wow. they were going to, they were going to end. <sighs> yep. I mean, I think you got to kind of take that, the, the three game pod there of Iowa state, Texas, Kansas state, and then you get the off week. Then, you know, you're just going to have like, you know, for the, for those three games, you get rid of the Baylor game, those three games, you had two home games, one road game, and then it just flips to one home and two road. Wow. So, yeah, I don't know if at Baylor's necessarily a tough <laughs> test though. Oh. I don't think that's as big of a deal. What?
2: What are you, what are you saying? Baylor, the mighty bears, make the claw with your hand, it's scary. Yeah, they suck. That's going to be a big one for K-State. K-State needs to go get that game at the end of uh, November down there. Why am I even looking at Baylor's schedule? This this question's about the contenders. Iowa State. Um I think they have Baylor. They have K-State. They go to Texas and they have West Virginia. Um I don't know, West Virginia might be positioning themselves to be kind of a sneak in the back door and contend here team. We'll see. But I, I don't I, think West, I don't see anyone going through the league right at this point without two losses. I think everyone's gonna have at least two yeah. losses. And that brings Oklahoma right back into the equation for
3: Right, the and I mean it brings it brings Texas into the equation too with two losses. So if you look at all the two loss teams, I think West Virginia probably has the toughest schedule. They have Texas Oklahoma and Iowa State. I think that West Virginia is probably the most unlikely of the two lost teams to, to win out, so I'd probably rank them as the highest. Texas probably has one of the easiest schedules now. They knock off Oklahoma State. They just have West Virginia, KU, Iowa State, and K-State. You know, I guess K-State and Iowa State are still kind of at the top there with one loss, but I think that, that Texas has an easier schedule than West Virginia at this point, I think. Um well, OU.
2: West Virginia and Texas play this weekend, so someone's gonna come out of that with a third.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um Oklahoma State. I mean, after K State and Oklahoma or K State and OU, I think that you know they're pretty much in the clear. I don't feel confident in K State this week. I don't really feel confident in K State's chances. I I'd probably say that K State probably has the toughest schedule remaining. Just the fact that they have the two one loss teams still on the schedule in front of them. Probably. And I think they're the only team that has that, um, at least that are, that are contenders. So I'd probably rank K State as the highest. And then, you know, you're probably looking at Texas, maybe having the, what I don't, I don't even remember what I said about Texas schedule. There's so many games still. And the, the fact that we're probably going to have a couple of two lost teams in the championship game, um just we need to wait a couple more weeks before we can really have any sort of discussion with this with the schedule.
2: I think I'm glad I'm not West Virginia. They looked really good against K State, but they go to Texas, then they play host to TCU, OU and go to Iowa State. That's that's a rugged road. I mean, you're catching Texas and Oklahoma on the back end when they seem to be playing better, and then you close at Iowa State in December. Man, they could have like literally an iceberg coming from the north into Ames in December. It's that's how cold it gets in Iowa. It gets that cold where like the arctic reaches down through Canada and into Iowa. I'm not a meteorologist. I I just pretend. Anyhow.
1: not not to not to shoot you down at all Fitz, but I I don't see West Virginia really competing much. I mean, their winds are over KU Baylor. In Texas Tech and the the Baylor and Tech wins were, by – I think they were by a touchdown. Um, The Baylor game went to overtime, and you know I don't. I mean they played well on Saturday. Give them credit, but West Virginia lost to Tech.
2: That was the killer. Yeah, West Virginia lost to Tech. Excuse me. Yeah, pardon me. That's that's what's going to kill them. Is you can't go to Lubbock and lose if you want to be a contender. But yeah, I I think they're dangerous. They're going to they're a disruptor. But looking at their schedule, there's no way they run that table. There's, I yeah. just don't see it. If they do, they're a really good football team. They turn the corner.
1: Looking at it here, though, K-State's the only team that has Oklahoma State and Iowa State remaining on their schedule, period. Um, and those are, in my mind, the two best teams in the Big 12. So looking at the easiest, I think you got to give it to Iowa State, like you talked about. I mean, you've already gotten Oklahoma, Oklahoma State out of the way. We'll see what happens. I know there's four or five games left for some of these teams, so – you know you can play that game all day all day long. This team plays that team, but we'll we'll see what happens and maybe in a few weeks from now we can we can come back and once we hit that home stretch re, re readdress this question.
2: Well, it's interesting because we're we're kind of talking about the conference now in two different parts. the upper mm-hmm. part being k State, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas, and maybe West Virginia in terms of quality football teams like it team that can beat you and then you got the rest tcu baylor tech and ku that seem to be trading off wins and losses amongst themselves and they're not going to beat anyone out of that group at least that's the way it appears right now
1: next question from itame bb if nebraska wants to be back and does come back will it force us to abandon the round robin format if so is it worth taking an 11th member
2: well, I don't think they'll take eleven. They'll go twelve. I mean, they won't just go to eleven. That's that's an even worse number than fourteen. Yeah. They'll um, go to
3: twelve, or they'll find West Virginia a nice home.
2: Right, right. I mean, the, the next ACC. the next round of expansion, I I can see the Big Ten trying to continue to erode into the ACC, and I think at that point West Virginia will end up there. But uh, I would take Nebraska back, and I don't. If you if you can get Nebraska back, then I'm fine with the Colorado State if that's your best other option. Um, I'm fine with um, a team that's a little more regional than national because I think Nebraska does change the dynamic. I think they will want to come back at some point, and I think the Big Ten's going to be fine with letting them go. We'll see how it all plays out. I I would take Nebraska back, uh, but I just think it's funny. Nebraska's just not happy. They're not winning football games, so they have to blame something, and it can't be the fact that they're not good enough right now. It's the conference. Texas is holding them back, and now the Big Ten commissioner is holding them back. Something's always out of their control that they got to be mad about. So, um, But I would take them back.
3: Who are the three schools that got football back for the Big Ten? Nebraska, Ohio State, and the other one was Iowa, right? Yeah. yeah. See, if Nebraska comes back – and if Nebraska, Nebraska, after this whole you know this season, I'm sure there's going to be other stuff in the future that would make them try to come back. But if Nebraska's out the door, I could totally see them saying, "Hey, Iowa, you to come with. Come on, let's go." Could be interesting. It and it'd certainly be a good play for the conference to try to get them. It'd be an amazing play for the conference, and I feel like, like Iowa. You know, I think that they could, they might be able to see, hey, if you know, Nebraska's not really having success. And I was, I was, was, probably the Nebraska of the conference before Nebraska came in. I could totally see them dipping and dipping and saying, Hey, let's make Iowa, Iowa state a conference game every year. Why not? You know, it That's might, fun. you know, that realignment might, might play out well for everybody here. Well, maybe not the big 10, but for the big 12 for sure. So, you know, I think that there's if, if the big 12 is going to expand, With Nebraska, I have a feeling that if Nebraska is bold enough to do it, others will say, Hey, they're right. I think we should join them. And I think that the Big 12 being geographically where they are, I think that they can pull from a lot. You know, like we've mentioned the Arizona schools before. I think there's, you know, even Arkansas, there's plenty of Power Five some fringe power five, maybe not fringe power five, but fringe teams in their own conferences that are power five. right That would see an are, advantage of being are, in the big 12, right? Right. That are vulnerable to saying, Hey, you know what? I think we'd rather just be in the big 12. There's going to be better advantage here. So I think that, that the big 12, perhaps not adding BYU, not adding Cincinnati, you know, back when they could have, um it may pay off here. They waited and and they got what they wanted.
2: no thank goodness it didn't get Cincinnati then. They might have a quality football team then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I wish we had Dr. Dan Keister joining us. He loves talking realignment, yeah, but uh does. you know, I would I'm good with Nebraska back here. Good for the league no matter like you said who who it may be. If it's Colorado State, it's overall going to be a good thing to have them back. You you know, they against Wisconsin, when that game got postponed, they were trying to play football, and the Big Ten shot that down. So, you know, I think it's only a ticking time bomb before they uh, leave the Big Ten and come back home.
2: You know, Nebraska whines a lot, but I agree with them on this. If the conference sets out parameters for when you play and when you don't, which the Big 12 did and people are following it, you follow it. You don't say, Oh, you don't want to play because you got too many guys at quarterback that are out. You know, even though you meet the parameters to play, I'm kind of with them. I'd be a little perturbed too. And now Wisconsin's backed out of two games, so Wisconsin's just not going to be playing football. I don't know. It's crazy. I don't know what Wisconsin's doing up there. I think they're having COVID orgies or something. They got they've got so much COVID on that football team. I don't know what's going on at Wisconsin. Get your stuff together, folks. You're trying to play football in the Big Ten. You're you you're disturbing Nebraska. I'm sorry. Got carried away.
1: This was Nebraska's year, you know, and, and Wisconsin just messed it mm-hmm.
2: all up. That's exactly it. Nebraska <laughs> saved the Big Ten, and now the Big Ten is not saving Nebraska. Oh, it's just awful.
1: Last question of the podcast from Ned. Fitz, please reflect on Billy Tubbs and just how good he was at playing the unapologetic conference nemesis to every school. Did he receive the greatest technical of all time?
2: Yes, he did. Uh, absolutely did. Uh, please, no throwing of objects on the court, no matter how bad the officiating is. Just unbelievable. I remember when it happened. You're right. He played a character. Uh, because if, if you ask people, Billy Tubbs is loved. He's loved being in the coaching profession. Those that played for him, he kind of seemed like an outlaw, you know, the troublemaker, almost like the. He was willing to be the heel in the, you know the wrestling world, but everyone loved him, and uh, yeah, he was a great coach. That some of those Oklahoma teams that he coached, I, I mean, it was so fun. That the Big Eight back then with Norm Stewart and Billy Tubbs, and just had so many great characters in the coaching profession. Johnny Orr at Iowa State. It was really cool. It was a cool conference. But, yeah, um, great basketball coach, great personality, made it important at Oklahoma. Think about it, how great Oklahoma football was back then. I mean, it was, you know, just really a power. It still is. But, uh, and there was value in Oklahoma basketball all because of Billy Tubbs made it so. Will. just willed it to be so it was really great coach it was that was a fun time of basketball it really was that's it Bam. that flew by hmm well I wish you all well on your predictions uh, for this game I don't have any idea what I'm going to predict in Kansas State Oklahoma State I don't I don't have a good feeling about the game but I don't know if I think it's going to get away from K-State like West Virginia did or if it'll be a competitive game or, like last year, not appear so bad on the scoreboard. But as Chris Kleiman admitted at Tuesday's press conference, it was bad because it was bad. But uh, it's going to be interesting. And we'll see. Maybe K-State responds with a really good performance and gets out of there with a win, and that changes everyone's opinion about this team yet again. I know this. When you come to town, stop at the fridge, Tanner's in the high-low, And make sure you're subscribing to the PowerCap podcast. Please subscribe so that it downloads automatically to your devices at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, if you're not a regular podcast listener, get out there and find some. There's a great thread on Wabash Station right now about what some people listen to. It's kind of interesting. Uh, there's There's some real dorks. Man, they listen to weird stuff. Man, I tell you what, I love them. But there's a lot of people out there listening to fighter pilots. I don't know. Zach, do you like to listen to fighter pilots?
3: I probably would. Yeah. Okay. Sounds interesting. There we go. That's probably more interesting than this babbling monkey
2: stuff I'm doing right now. We'll talk to you next week.
3: Power
1: Cat Podcast. All rights
2: reserved. Go powercat.com and Spirit Street
0: Publishing. Okay.